Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith, the Word Church. And we are so glad that you have allowed us to be with you again today. We count it a privilege. And we are going to look at Romans chapter 7. I'm always interested in how we find life. Because it would have been very nice, it would have been great had we, once we got saved, to have never sinned again. To have never have a simple thought, never have a simple desire. That, mm-hmm. that God just, bam, that's all gone from you. But what we find is, in life, that's not the case. And we're going to talk about today, how, how does that work in real life? The Apostle Paul in chapter 7 says, And the good I, that I want to do, if I want to do good, verse 16, I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good as it is, is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. And I think that a lot of Christians find themselves in it. And it can cause people to lose hope. The devil loves to condemn us. If we have a sinful thought, if we have a sinful act, if we say something that we shouldn't do, the devil loves to come and condemn us and say, See that? See that? If you were a real Christian... You would not have done that. If you were a real Christian, you wouldn't have said that. If you were a real Christian, you wouldn't have thought that. And unfortunately, every once in a while, we have Christian brothers and sisters who tell us the same thing. That, you know, if you were a real Christian, you wouldn't have done that. And a real Christian doesn't do those kind of things anymore. And a real Christian just, a real Christian doesn't go to the movies. A real Christian doesn't go to dances. A real Christian doesn't play cards. A real Christian doesn't do certain things, and they do other things. It is the devil who loves to condemn us. And the Apostle Paul, as he's writing this, he says, The good I want to do, I find I can't do. And the the evil I don't want to do, I sometimes find myself doing. What is the answer? And he goes on down there to verse 25. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so it's through Christ that we are saved. And I love what verse 8 says, therefore, chapter 8, verse 1, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We have got to come once again to realize who it is we are and what God's grace has done for us. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The devil loves to kill. He loves to condemn. Yes, we might sin. But Jesus is our intercessor. He is faithful and just to forgive it. It is through Christ Jesus. It is all about grace. There's none of this about works. This is all about grace. We are saved by grace. We are sustained by grace. Everything is about grace. And because of grace, there's now no condemnation. Now, we're going to look later on. We're going to talk about, okay, well, I guess we can just do whatever we want. 
Pastor Richard's now on there, and Pastor Vince is probably going to say the same thing, that there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, so we can do whatever we want. We're going to talk about that issue here in just a little bit. But it is so important for us as Christians to know we were saved by grace. We are continuing in our walk with the Lord because of his grace. Yeah, and again, just a disclaimer, we're not talking to people who are looking to sin. You know, we've camped around that mountain long enough. We're we're talking to people who wants to practice righteousness, not practice sin. The scripture says that those who practice sin, they won't inherit the kingdom of God. So we, we want to practice righteous righteousness. And and the scripture says you were talking about grace earlier. That's why it's really important for believers to study to show themselves approved, to increase in the knowledge of the Lord's will. Scriptures say that you may know what the will of the Lord is. And, and God revealed to us through his word that Christ has become for us sin. It says over in Corinthians that he who knew no sin was made sin for us. Put your name in there that we may become the righteousness of God in, in him. So we're righteous because of what Jesus did. You know, he, he swapped out our sin that Adam brought down to mankind, and he gave us his righteousness. And now we have to put on Christ. Every day you have to put on Christ. And as you're putting on Christ, you're putting on grace. You're putting on favor. You're putting on his righteousness. And you have to now have a righteousness mindset instead of a sin-conscious mindset. You, don't, you want to be righteousness-conscious instead of sin-conscious. And again, if you don't uh, study to show yourself approved, you'll you'll go around and allowing the devil to condemn you because you missed the mark. And that's what sin is. You missed the mark. It's like if I was shooting a bowing arrow or doing some target practice and I set a mark up there and, and I missed it. Well, that don't mean I'm I'm a failure and God's done with me. I, I missed the mark because I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. You know, I, I had this sin nature, which it still dwells in me. But as I get filled with the knowledge of the Lord's will and start doing his will instead of doing what I was previously programmed to do, it's just like a baby. When a baby's born, you know, as they're learning to walk, how many times are they going to stumble and fall? Right. The first time that baby falls down, nobody says, okay, they fell down. That's the end. No more training oh, him no, to walk again. We got to keep no, him in the crib. No, 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 we, we We get him back up. We applaud him for his efforts. All right. We say, man, that was great. Right. You took one step. Well, and that's the way the Father God is with us. We're his children. Scripture says many has received Jesus. He gave them the right to become children of God. So we're God's children, and he delights in us, and he wants us to to fight that good fight of faith. He wants us to, to run our race with endurance. He wants us uh, to do, he wants to do in our life what Jesus said he came to do, give us life and life more abundantly. So he wants us to succeed and he's not, he's going to convict us and, and conviction and condemnation are two different things. Condemnation comes from the devil. Conviction comes from God. Conviction says, Hey, you know, that was wrong. And it's God speaking to your spirit and, and, telling you to repent of that and keep moving forward because conviction keeps your faith intact. And you got to have faith if you're going to constantly move towards righteousness. you got to stay in faith. And the devil wants to steal your faith. He wants to steal your confidence in God. So you just have to... Uh... Well, see, he wants to convince you that there's things you have to do. Mm-hmm. See, the devil loves... The devil hates grace. 
It's all about grace, and the devil hates grace. Mm-hmm. And so he wants to convince you that there are things you have to do. Before you become a believer, if you're, if you're listening and you're not a Christian, the devil's going to try and convince you there's things you have to do. I have, if I had a dollar for every time I talk to somebody who said, well, one of these days I'm going to get myself fixed up, I'm going to get myself cleaned up, I'm going to quit doing whatever it is they're doing, and then I'm going to start going to church. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I could probably be sitting over on a beach in Hawaii taking a vacation right now. Mm-hmm. People, some the devil loves to convince people that they have to fix themselves because he knows you can't fix yourself. So as long as he can keep your eyes off of God's grace and put your eyes on you fixing yourself, he has you. Once we become a believer and we're saved by grace and we realize that we are saved by grace, the devil doesn't like to give up. He likes to convince us at that point, oh, now you have to start doing something to keep God's grace. You have to do something to keep God's love. Because if you disappoint him, boy, that'll be it. He'll be done with you. Well, I was listening to one of my mentors, Ron Carpenter. He was just talking about that this morning, how you know his generation, they grew up learning in church that that's what you had to do to stay in God's good graces is make sure you never miss the mark. He said, you know what? Jesus has solved the salvation issue. (laughs) Once Once you come in, he's never going to leave you nor forsake you. Now you can leave him and renounce him and go your own way, but he's not going to leave you. He wants you to continue. The scripture said, what shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Well, we got to continue in grace. And I wanted to read something in Romans 6. We're going to back up just a little bit. Look what it says here in um, 6, 7. We're going to go 6, 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. He's talking about us. That the body of sin may be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. So you say, now, if you want to be a slave of sin, you go right ahead. But you don't have to do that because you've been freed now. Verse 7. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Oh, he's talking about us. Verse 8, now if we died with Christ, and I'm going to say hallelujah to that, I've died with Christ, says we believe that we shall also live with him. And I wrote, wrote right there, walking in the spirit. That's what it means to live with Christ. Verse 9, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died... He died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. He's talking about Jesus. Now he goes to relate us to Jesus, verse 11. Likewise, you, Richard, also reckon yourselves to be dead to sin. Well, can a dead man sin? I'm no. asking, because he's dead. So he said, you liken yourself to be dead to sin. So if I'm dead to sin, if I'm a dead man, I can't sin. So likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 12, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey it in its lust. So, so you can say no to it. Yeah, you, and well, if see, you miss it. we were enslaved to sin, now we're not. Yeah, now you're not. But if you miss it, God say, I still love you. You're still in the family. Just make the correction and move on. Like what says in verse 13. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Verse 14, I'm going to conclude right here. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Woo! 
confused because you're under grace. Sin doesn't have a right to have dominion over me, you, meaning to take over you. You're, you belong to Christ now. You've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus, so exercise all the rights and authority and privileges that you have as a child of God. You know, go back and ask for forgiveness and move on. Yes, you're going to miss the mark. You're going to miss it. You probably missed it yesterday. I know I did. But his grace is sufficient for every day. Remember, he, he just said that in seven. What shall save me from this? He said, what did he say at the end of that that you read? Oh, verse 25 in Romans 7. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. So he's saying, I thank God that. His grace is, is more abundant than the sin that I just, this, this missing the mark that I just did. Well, every once in a while, somebody will read chapter 6 and they'll say, man, I thought, you know, since I'm dead to sin, why do I keep sinning? Why, wh- why does this keep happening? And maybe it's because I'm not really saved. Maybe it's because that it's, there's just no hope for me. And Paul, as he writes there in Romans, once again... At chapter 7, the good I want to do, I don't. The bad I don't want to do, I do. Who can help me from this? Who can save me from this? And again, the answer is Christ Jesus. Therefore, because of Christ's righteousness, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It is so important for us to understand we take on the righteousness of Christ. When we become Christians, God puts the righteousness of Jesus on us. It is imputed to us, you know, the Bible says, people say, it is given to us. And so that when God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so you find yourself, you're listening today, and you found that you sinned yesterday. And you're wondering, wow, am I still saved? Wow, has God no longer care about me? Maybe, maybe I'm not really saved because if I was really saved, I would never have sinned. What not you have to understand is that we have the righteousness of Jesus. And that we still have God's grace. And it is not about doing things to keep God's grace. God's grace is given to us as a free gift. We don't earn it in the first place. And we don't have to do things to keep it. He has given it to us as a gift. And, and it's available to us every day. His grace is sufficient. I well, believe so that's it's what by he told grace me. that we're sustained. Right, right, right. I believe that's what he told Paul. I can't recall where it's at. But he says... Uh, my grace is sufficient, and it's sufficient for every day, and we have to know that. You can come to God and ask for forgiveness umpteen times a day. And, and again, hence, that's why he tells you to forgive others 70 times 7, because he understands that you're going to come to him for that same forgiveness. As a child, you're going to need forgiveness from the Father, so he tells you to extend that same forgiveness. And again, God is good. And that's what is going to continue to ignite your faith on fire. Once you get a revelation of the goodness of the Lord, oh, man, it'll lead you to repentance. You want to come and, and abide under his His wings constantly. You just want to be with him because you know can't nobody do you like Jesus. <laughs> He's so good. And that's the goodness of the Lord. God's not like, you know, in, in, in the natural, we have to do things to get rewarded. Constantly, it's about performance. Well, it is. I mean, you, yeah. if you don't perform, you get fired from your right, job. Right, 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 right. If you don't right, perform, right. you get fired from your wife or your husband. If you don't perform in, in almost every aspect of our life, if we don't perform the way people want us to perform, there's consequences. Mm-hmm. And they're usually negative. 
and we seem to think that somehow we have to perform for God. And if we don't perform the way he wants us to perform, then he will withdraw his love. He'll withdraw his mercy. His love stays the same, but at the same time, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Well, see, we're not going to, now we're not, consequences are a different thing. Yeah, right, right. Because right. you can be in God's grace, <laughs> right. and you can sin, and the consequences are going to remain. This, God hates sin. And one of the reasons why that God hates sin is because sin hurts his people. We are his creation, and sin always hurts people. So when something is occurring that hurts his people, God hates it. He hates sin because it always hurts people. And we have to come to the realization that that our sin hurts people. And there are consequences to our sin. Does that mean we're no longer saved by grace? Yes. Grace much we are more saved bound. by grace. But the consequences to sin remain. This is why God doesn't want us to sin. This is why God says to us that he wants to free us from sin because he doesn't want us doing things that will hurt us and hurt others. Adultery hurts everybody. People think, oh no, it doesn't hurt anybody. It's, It's consenting adults. Adultery hurts people. Theft hurts people. Anything that you think of in the Ten Commandments, it hurts people. God does not like sin because it hurts people, his crown jewel. And so he tells us that he wants to free us from our sin. When you look at Romans chapter 8, verse 3, For what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might fully be met in those of us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. And so it's in Christ Jesus where once again the righteous requirements of the law were met. You and I can't meet the requirements of the law. Nobody can meet the requirements of the law. Jesus came, lived a sinless life, and met the righteous requirements of the law and it's through his death, burial, and resurrection that we are saved. Well, well look at verse 2, Romans 8, 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had has made me free from the law of sin, of sin and death. That's why the scripture says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. Just always remember, and this is what I do, I always remember what Jesus did for humanity, for, for mankind. He, he was obedient to the point of the cross. He went to the cross and was crucified, which was considered capital punishment. And he did that for mankind. But also the good news was he defeated death, hell and the grave. He resurrected. I'm always thinking about what Jesus did. And again, believers have to get a revelation or understanding that it's not about them. It was about scripture said, this is God said concerning Jesus. This is my beloved son and who I'm well pleased. And the scripture also said that it pleased God to to, to afflict Jesus for us. It, it pleased him. And a, and a lot of people might say, wow, it pleased God. Yeah, because he took all uh, the punishment that we deserve, that mankind deserved. And it's all about just bowing to the, the knee or the feet of Jesus and acknowledging what he did and 
not acknowledging your old sin nature. And that's what the scripture refers to. It's the old sin nature. Now, I was just telling somebody this morning, scripture says, Jesus said this. He said, you can't put new wine into old wineskins. And we have to understand that we're new creations. So now he says, walk in that. So, yes, you might miss the mark a million times. But just like that baby, get back up and, and go on the narrow road. Remember, the wide is the road that leads to destruction. Jesus says, stay on that narrow road, which is called grace. Just stay in, in the grace lane and, and you'll be okay. Just keep being repentive, you know. And that keeps the lines of communication open with God when you can go to him and talk to him. That's why the scripture says there's no condemnation, you know, and we can come boldly to the throne of grace. We can always talk to God. But if you try to hide sin, it makes it kind of hard to talk to God. That's what Adam and Eve, when they first said, remember, they went and hid. And, and then they covered themselves. So God don't want us. To, he wants us to come to daddy with everything. And that's something I learned to keep my communication open with God, regardless of how many times I miss it, because I, I know his grace is sufficient. I know he loves and he I'm a child of his. So I can continue to come to him no matter what. And scripture says he will perfect those things that concern me. Also, it says that he who began a good work in me will complete it. And I believe Paul said this, that which I've committed to him, he's able to keep. I've committed myself to the Lord. I committed my spirit, my soul, my body, my mind, all my. So he's able to keep that. And the scripture also says in Isaiah, looking, he will keep those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed and fixed and focused on him because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. And we just have to know that. And that's, that's how you can walk around with no condemnation. When you're full of the Lord's will and has God's knowledge inside of you, you're, you're indestructible. You're a force to be reckoned with. Concerning the kingdom of darkness and Satan can't condemn you and you'll walk in victory and your fate will be on fire. Well, you know, I, I'm sure there's somebody listening right now who's saying, well, they're saying that I can do whatever I want, that there's no condemnation. So that means that I can do whatever I want. Paul says there once again in chapter eight, he says those controlled by the simple nature cannot please God. And somebody will say, well, man, that means if I sin that I didn't please, I cannot please God and maybe I'm lost. But the next verse, he says, what? You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit, if the spirit of God lives in you. Right, and that's the spirit that lives in us. This is the thing, though. We're not saying, oh, you can just willy-nilly do whatever you want. We're, We're saved by grace. God's grace is sufficient, so just go ahead and do whatever you want. The Bible doesn't talk about that. We are not talking about that. Paul doesn't advocate for that. We are controlled by the spirit. When we are controlled by the spirit... We will not sin. And so what we've got to get past, I think, for a lot of Christians in in America and probably maybe even around the world, is it's no longer about me and what I'm going to do and how I'm going to obey the rules. What it's about is I'm going to follow the Spirit. So I'm not going to allow my sinful nature to control my life. I'm going to follow the Spirit. That's why Paul over and over and over says, so I say to you, live by the Spirit. He doesn't say, so I say to you, do the best you can. He doesn't say, so I say to you, follow all the rules your church made up. He doesn't say, so I say to you, follow all the rules that you made up for yourself. He says, so I say to you, live by the Spirit. 
How are we going to know what the Spirit... We got to get up every morning and ask the Spirit to lead us. The Spirit is alive in us. We need to follow the Spirit. We need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. You're going to find God speaking to you in His Word. We need to open up our Bible every day. I, I give people a bad time. Every once in a while, I'll say... You know, lots of people know right where their Bible is. If you ask them, where's your Bible? They'll know it's right there by the bed or it's right there on my coffee table. They know right where it is. Unfortunately, it's too easy to walk right by it. Mm -hmm. Yep, I know it's there. Boy, there it is. But we don't get it by osmosis. We don't get it. You know, it'd be great, I guess, maybe in some ways, if we could set our Bible on the nightstand right by our bed, go to sleep, and it just come right zinging right into our head. No, we have to open it up. Well, you know what? With technology nowadays, you can you can listen to the Bible on CDs or tapes. And Jesus said something about the Word. The Word, He said, the Word is spirit in His life. He said, the words I speak to you are spirit in their life. And then over in Romans, He says, walk in the Spirit or by the Word of God, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right, so the Spirit won't lead us into right, sin. Right. So if you walk by the Word of God and, and constantly put that at your forefront, you won't do some of the things you used to do. And, I, and I'm living proof of that. I've been saved now for 14 years. And I know I am not the same person I was 14 years ago. Because I did what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Once you find out what you have in the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus... You won't want to go back to that old way. I don't want to go back to yesterday. I don't want to go back to 14 years ago. Yes, I had some good times sinning and living that type of lifestyle, but the life I have now is is more abundant. Jesus gave me an invitation to abundant life, and I have to say this day I have an abundant life in Christ Jesus. Well, see, he sets us free, and one of the things he sets us free from is worry and guilt. Woo! You know? I mean, really, we, we live in worry and guilt. We live in fear. And this is why he has to remind us we don't have a spirit of timidity and fear, but a spirit of power. But see, those words Jesus said, the Bible says in Hebrews uh, 4.12, the word of God is living and powerful. Once you start getting what God said inside of you and, and start doing the do's, you, don't, you won't want to do the don'ts. And we do don't the have do's. to live with our head down. No, 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 no. all the time. Wow, what if God's mad at me today? What if I, what uh-huh. if, oh, what if God finds out I did that? And he and now he no longer loves Remember, me. He no longer cares about Jesus. Me. Say, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. God's desire is that you have an abundant life. Yeah, that's his desire. So why not just go ahead and do it his way and step into the abundant life that he promised that he came to give us? So I'm gonna I'm gonna walk by faith. <laughs> I'm gonna stay in grace and I'm gonna do what uh. I'm going to do the Word of God. Amen. I'm going to walk in the Spirit. And uh, before we conclude, we just want to remind you as you go through this week, uh, just keep walking by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.